score at the end of two periods here at Alphon Arena, Game 3, Hockey's quarterfinals. It's Maine 2, Merrimack 1. Mike Macknick, John Leahy with you, and joining us for the intermission here is Mike McMahon from themacreport.com and also from the Eagle Tribune. Uh, well, Mike, relatively quiet game, so to speak, I guess, until a minute and 20 seconds to go. Very strange uh, situation there. Uh, what did you see? Uh, I was actually en route walking over here, so I didn't see much. I was underneath the main student section under the balcony, and I heard a bunch of screaming, and I looked over, and there were guys on the ice. And I was like, did they even drop the puck? I wasn't even sure if they actually had dropped the puck or not. I don't think they did. I'm not surprised by anything I've seen in the last two nights, I don't think. Well, the Warriors catch a break, perhaps. The goal that was disallowed. I uh, wasn't sure which player this, uh, the puck went off of whose skate, but uh, looks like ruled to have gone off the main player's skate, and uh, having been against the rules. Uh, uh, so, the, like I said, they, they, they catch a break there, and then you have the shenanigans out at center ice. And again, that's very strange. I can't say that I've ever seen things like that, anything like that before, but um, it has certainly been an odd series. Yeah, and you know, I, I think there could have been done done some things from a league standpoint to try to control it. And I, you know, my opinion is they had the opportunity to and just didn't uh, for whatever reason. I think part of it is it's a playoff series, and you don't want to suspend guys or have guys sit out. You know, uh, potentially game three or uh, game three of a playoff series, but uh, things certainly got out of control last night. And I think you know they had the opportunity to try to to reel that back in a little bit. They didn't take it from a league standpoint. Now you get you know little scrums and little fights happening here before pucks even drop on draws. I think it's just it's been an intense series. Things like that happen, and, and when it, uh, I don't want to say that they, they they failed to control it, but when you know they they didn't send a message. It didn't seem like there was any message sent that last night was not okay, other than maybe some meetings with with, with the schools today. So uh, it's unfortunate to see. I mean, obviously it's gonna gonna muck up a game here a little bit and make things a little more uh, a little more a little more chippy, a little more. Uh, Take some flow away, but uh, I think you sort of expected that coming in this game for sure. All right, let's talk about hockey then. You know that all kind of stuff to me. That's a, that's a, you know a sideshow pretty much. And uh, so let's talk about the game here tonight. First period, Maine came out more energy. I thought more more uh, you know you know want doing the things that they needed to do. Uh, uh, very quick decisions with the puck, uh, getting the puck in deep, getting on it. You know the things that Merrimack did last night. It's funny how things can change from night to night. I mean, we saw it from Friday to Saturday, a, a turnaround and. A, in the fortunes of both clubs, and then we saw it again, I thought, going into the first period of tonight's game, Canada helps them weather the storm, and, and they had a chance to come back here. I mean, 2-1 to one here at the end of two periods, they've got a shot. Yeah, that first period, you know, looked like game one. <laughs> uh, the, the roles were definitely reversed, and, and yeah, maybe moving the puck a lot quicker, I agree. Uh, I, I also thought that, it, you know, for a period there, it seemed as if Merrimack was sort of scrambling again. Uh, just, you know, off their game, I don't, I, you know, you never know really why, but uh, yeah, they were definitely sort of running around in their own zone, and, and seemed like they were losing composure a little bit at times in terms of missing assignments in the defensive zone, but uh, you know, whatever happened there in the second period, you, you can reel your guys back in and, and you know, a quick locker room speech, I'm sure, and uh, second period was a lot better. It, they, it just seemed like they extended the tide a little bit, a little more, and, and it wasn't so one-sided there in the second. And Ryan Flanagan's been up and down this year, I know, and uh, maybe in some ways had, hasn't had the, the senior year he would have liked to have, but as it stands right now, that's the biggest goal of the year. Absolutely, yeah, and I think, you know, we've talked about it before, too, I mean, this is the time of year where, you know, the, the good teams that are having success are doing it with their seniors, so uh, that the fact that they've got a line of seniors that are together in that forward line, and you're really going to look, especially right now, you know, you're, you're 20 minutes away from your season potentially ending, you're looking at those guys to, to go out 
and get that goal for you. Uh, and, and even if it's on the back line too, like a guy like Carl Stoller, who's probably played 32 out of the first 40 minutes here already, it's probably going to be looked at to play another 15. So, uh, yeah, I mean, those are just the guys I think you look to at this time of year. And the, and the teams that win national titles, the teams that are in the Frozen Four, it's rare to not have a team that's pretty loaded with seniors. Uh, some good stories you had. Uh, a lot big Merrimack contingent here making the trip up to Orono. Uh, if, I, if I'm correct, fifth bus of the weekend made its way up here today, uh, bringing up members of the lacrosse team and other students. Um, tell us a, a little about what you found out. Well, you know, it's one of those things where I think four or five years ago, there's more fam- more Merrimack fans four hours north of the school than there would have been in their own building for a home game. I mean, it's really uh, just just the growth from a support standpoint has been something to watch, and I think this really epitomizes it. I mean, you've got uh, commitment from not only not only students. I mean, there's a lot of students here, but you look down in that far corner and you see the amount of uh, just, just regular you know season ticket holders or regular fans that made the trip, and at the same time, uh, you've got the administrators that are here. I mean, the president of the college is here. The AD is obviously here uh, with with their families. I mean, that's just something I don't think you see. I mean, you don't see the president of of, uh, of BC going to many of their their hockey quarterfinal games if they're on the road four hours away. I don't think so. It's really, I mean, that commitment I think just trickled out trickles down from the top, and, and it's shown. I think this re- this weekend is really epitomizable. Talking with Mike McMahon from the Eagle Tribune and MacReport.com, the Warriors Trail Main 2-1, Game 3, Hockey East quarterfinals. Uh, we've touched on it, John and I have, throughout the broadcast. Pretty straightforward, I think, with regard to uh, NCAA tournament hopes. Uh, I mean, I, I think they, they lose this game, they go home, they, they win. Not only do they play next weekend, but they still have a shot, obviously, to make the NCAA tournament. But, uh, you know, the odds of them making the tournament if they don't win this game are, are minimal at best, I would say. Yeah, I agree. I, I, re- I don't think there's any, I mean... Unless the stars are really, really aligned for you that you're going to get in the NCAA tournament by losing this game. Even if they win, you know, they, they don't get help much just by winning on their own. I mean, they, they need some help here even with some wins. If, if they were to win this game and lose in, the, in a semifinal game on Friday, they might still be out. So I, I think they need to not only win this game to really guarantee themselves a spot. I think they probably got to win next Friday. Which, of course, you don't get to unless you win this game. So, uh, yeah, I think you know, even a, a win here tonight and a loss in the semifinals might not be enough, depending on what some of these other teams do. So uh, I think they're, they're going to need some help here from, from some of these other schools. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's a situation anybody thought they, they'd find themselves in if you think about back in November when they were number one in, in everything you could be number one in. But, you know, that's obviously the situation you're in now, and you just gotta got to move forward and, and uh, really... I don't think there's any point for, for them to focus on anything more than they can control. It's just you know, winning the games you can win. I've been really impressed with the play of Dan Kalamatis this weekend on defense. I mean, but both ends of the ice. Uh, he, he may, it may be, uh, aside perhaps from Kyle Stallery, and it's no slight on anybody else, but, I mean, the way that he's played, it's just been, you know, he's certainly been at least one of their better defensemen. Absolutely. I, I lost count of how many plays he's broken up by batting loose pucks out of midair. Uh, he, might, he might be the best player uh, in the league at, at batting pucks out of midair. I, it's, it's really it's something to watch. And, uh, just, you know, for a freshman to get those sort of minutes, it's just... Especially in an important spot, I and mean, playing on your number one deep here. I mean, I think you can see freshmen and forwards get worked into the top line a little more quicker than defensemen, only because if you can score, it's easy to say go out there and score. That, that's a big adjustment from defending. You know, he was in the USHL last year, defending junior hockey players to defending you know, 
hockey's players, especially this line, you know, this top line for Maine is maybe the, probably the most dangerous line in all of college hockey. And like you said, I think he's been one of their best defensemen all weekend. Talking about defensemen, uh, and another guy I think has been one of the best is a guy that, you know, on the other side of things, he's he's looking at the end of his college career and hasn't had a chance to play very much until about midway through this year. I mean, I can't tell you how impressed I am with the play of Simone Demers. I mean, I really didn't think we'd see, we'd be, you know, just by virtue of the fact that he hasn't played. Uh, you know, that we'd be able to see this kind of play from him. He's developed into really a key player, and uh, and this is a guy that is, you know, when he stepped into the lineup, it was really just to fill a hole. Yeah, it's no mistake, I don't think, that you see him on the power play, and it's got a heck of a shot. Uh, but not only that, I think you can see the last couple nights, especially just his confidence is just getting more and more there. And I think that just comes with playing more because, you know, obviously, like you said, he, he hasn't played much here this year and really the last couple of years either. I think last night was his first point since October of 09. I mean, that just sort of gives you an idea of how long it's been since he's really been a regular in the lineup. And uh, I think what, you, what it's really just been is his confidence. You can almost see it growing game to game as he plays more. All right. There are 20 minutes to go here. Third period coming up. Warriors down by one. What do you see for the third period here on both sides? Uh, I think if you're Merrimack, you want to get as many parts on that as possible. You know, it, it, Dan Solomon is a is, has been a, a good enough goaltender at times, but uh, I think you can tell. I mean, getting putts on net is something that they want to focus on. It's something they want to be key. Uh, they've talked about it all weekend. You know, making him make stops, getting be making sure you're there for the second and third chances because uh, there there seems to be you know rebounds there, especially in some of those high glove high glove side shots. Uh, they're they're being left right out in front or right by the side of the net. You need guys here to pick it up. That's what they did a really good job of last time. They scored those two goals in 20 seconds were both relatively the same off rebounds. Uh, and if you're main, I think you know obviously you get the, you get the one goal lead. Uh, you want to limit as many shots as you can. You know, from a Merrimack perspective, I think you know they're going to throw everything they got at you, uh, backs up against the wall. So uh, you, you want to see them revert back. I think if you're Tim Whitehead, you want to see your team sort of revert back, not not completely go into defensive mode and not attack at all. I mean, the top lines on the ice, you're going to want them, going to want them to attack, uh, but in the defensive zone, be responsible and just block some shots. All right, Mike. Thanks as always. We appreciate your time, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Mike. Mike McMahon from the Mac Report and the Eagle Tribune, and our score at the end of two is Maine two, Merrimack one.